0: properly when when i got the news um i was not only excited but i was also very anxious about what innovative approach um you are going to bring as a, your position as an editor-in-chief and the reason why i'm saying okay. is because i kind of followed you maybe in the past three years and i was i i mean i knew you know your previous positions and digital positions I was just really,
1: really
0: mm. eager to see what you were going to bring, you know, what is going to be innovative. To the table. Considering mm. the climate of many print magazines and also from the digital sphere, I want to know about your journey before I get into your position. How did you get into this position? Why on earth? And do you even think you're going to be in the GQ editor in Chief?
1: Um. Wow. Well, so I think I... So how I got into this position, I think, Let me backtrack so i joined the the company itself in 2018 was it 2018 yeah in about 2018 that's when i joined the company and um when i joined i was the online editor uh and then within a few months i became the head of digital which is a role i continued until i got announced last year i'm still overseeing digital but there are other people who are working Uh, with me uh, acting digital managers who obviously run the day-to-day business but I also uh, oversee digital as well but I'm not as actively involved but yeah so then I had been with the company for two almost two and a half to three years then this opportunity came about um I thought about it, I, I, I thought would going into print be be regressing since I'm already head of digital, head of digital for the group, meaning really head of digital for GQ, Glamour and House and Garden. Mm-hmm. So I thought would it be regressing, would it be what? So I really gave it like a think, but then I also realized that um, the role of editing chief is quite high in that you, it comes with a lot of responsibilities, by the way. You become the the the, the custodian of the brand, okay. and you're no longer just. It's no longer just me. But if I do something, or if people quote me, I'm almost mm-hmm. like the, the the main representative for GQ in South Africa. Yes. So that comes with a lot of weight. It comes with a lot of responsibility initially it came with a lot of, um not necessarily anxiety, but a lot of questioning, like I know how to, I, I think I'll definitely know how to do the job, will I be able to deal with the responsibility of now being the face of the brand, so to speak, because irrespective of what happens, right? When you now, to a certain extent, when you think GQ, my face is somewhere there or my name would be somewhere there. So if it's a really dope cover, it's who's the editor. If it's a really shit cover, who's the editor? If it's whatever, who's the editor? Even if you might not necessarily be the one who did it, but because you're the final say, in terms of the brand, it becomes something that um, is extremely important to think about.
0: All right, so let's backtrack a bit because I, I get the sense that there's been a lot of digital background that you have and what you're trying to tell me is that, you know, overreaching into the print media scene, um, there's, I mean, it, it's, it's the same company, but also the way you approach things is kind of different. Is that, a, is that what you're mm. trying to say? Yeah.
1: True, true, yes.
0: Yeah. And ultimately, when you get into those positions, editor in chief, I'm assuming there's a lot of questions as well. How are you going to see this? How are you going to, you know, paint this picture differently? How are you going to, in 2021 and beyond, well, 2020 when you came in, how are you going to picture them differently? Mm. I would assume people before you, because I mean, it is GQ, there's a lot of heavyweights. How do you, and again, going back to your innovative approach, because- um, before I get there, I know you've been on the ground. There's a lot of things I've seen on you on YouTube. You're very, you know, you're engaging. Unlike your traditional editor-in-chief, you're more on the ground. Yeah. You're more visible. Mm-hmm. And that's one yeah. approach I've seen that you've done differently. which is something I have to applaud because, you know, today we Thank never you. really see that. And, you know, like a gatekeeper, you're like yourself or just somebody who's a custodian, like you've mentioned. Why would why are you, why do you feel it's very important for you to engage um and be more visible um unlike the other traditional editors you know your your traditional your traditional editor mm. chiefs not just in g q but just generally across the the magazine landscape. Mm. why is that very important to you
1: um i, I think being uh in, okay so so engaging came in initially obviously i've worked in print before then i've been in digital for perhaps ten years or or something like that. But at the same time, um, I, I saw how important it is. So what happens is right. people want to engage with the face, with the person. Um, you don't necessarily have to engage with people or, on a one-on-one basis all the time, but people need to be able to see that it's not just people churning out content. It's not just people who are telling us about what's happening. Um, that we don't know. They need to know that there's a person behind that persona, there's a person behind that brand, and also sometimes that person has the same questions that we do, that person has the same aspirations that we do, that person has walked a certain type of journey, and some people can learn from it, and I can also learn from them. One of the biggest things I learned was a lot of young men um, have have dreams, of, of, of getting to where I am going way, w- way bigger and way higher, uh, having businesses and all that. And GQ as a brand has been and continues to be a brand that speaks to them, um, but in it speaking to them, sometimes they also want to be seen. And by be seen, this is what I mean. I mean, when you engage people, in conversations that they have interest in, but at the same time, you show the diversity and the range that you have, not only as a publication, but also as well as an editor from time to time to be able to be reachable, uh, almost accessible. I think that more than anything works to both my advantage as a person, as the editor, but also as the brand, because the the brand is absolutely aspirational it's a brand where we're aspiring but at the same time it's almost like within reach So of like uh, okay it's a very aspirational brand but we can engage with it and maybe they will hear us about this they'll hear us about that so for me i think that's why it was important but also more than anything i think my personality as well has helped to be able to be that engaging um i always uh, laugh with my other editors in chief uh for our other brands and people within the industry and say that sometimes what happens with me it might not it might necessarily look like i'm actively engaging consistently right which is good which is what i like but sometimes i understand the responsibility that comes with for example when you do a uh, uh when you're a keynote speaker somewhere when you're invited on a digital platform to 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 share your story uh when you're invited on a webinar that's talking about digital or that's talking about print or that's talking about a career journey in a particular industry for you to share your story for you to share what you're doing within your role for you to say how you went through it personally it's, it comes with a lot of responsibility, but also if just one person gets it, and if one person gets a light lit up inside them, then you would have done more than enough.
0: More than enough, indeed. You know, the first time I picked up GQ magazine must have been twenty twelve, thirteen, and I mm. was yeah, that was the first time I ever picked up one. I saw it in the shop. I was like, you know, this is ridiculous. And I'll tell you why I'm telling you this because. The reason yeah. why I think you've played such an important role, over the years, I've seen so much more local content on, you know, on your GQ magazine. Mm. Um, it's not mm. like when I picked it up, I first saw Drake or was Jason Statham. Now, I would see, mm-hmm.
1: for instance, mm-hmm.
0: most notably um, Hot Stick Maboos is now there. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of local content that you guys have embraced, which I think was very, mm-hmm. very strategic. Um mm. why was this very important to you? Because I would assume you seem like one that embraces the brand, but also embraces mm. the fact that we live in South Africa and we've got such a strong mm. fashion culture. Why was that very important mm. to you? Why is this very important to you?
1: I think for me, um it's always been important to me to, to tell the South African and African story in every role I've ever been in my career. Yeah. Why is that important? Because I think, and, I, and, and I've said this with my team before, that sometimes the reason why in the past we may not have seen a lot of people who look like ourselves is simply because the people who were there as gatekeepers did not look like ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you get into spaces, you need to understand that the... the, 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 the um, one responsibility you have, but also the influence you have as to how people view one themselves through looking at your platforms, but most importantly, how the rest of the world looks at like Africa. So for me, um, when, when I was in digital, I started in a big Pan-African drive. I continue to do Pan-African and continue to do it. And also a lot of uh, original, Um, Like African content, that's affluent, that shows luxury. Because in the past, uh, luxury, affluence, has always been connected to uh, white people or... or, or, or Bourgeoisie. Exactly. But then you and I both know, and people who listen to this both know, that we know very rich black people. We know them. And we know places that are that are exceptional, that are within South Africa, within Africa. So our role as Africa is to then highlight that to the world. And also most importantly, right? I think when you, and, and I remember having a meeting with the team and talking about we need to be more Pan-African, we need to do more original content, whatever, simply because um, GQ South Africa is also sold in the UK. It's sold in our, our corner store in the UK um, and if I am a consumer from France and I go into that store, if I hold a jiki South Africa copy i need to be able to be told about an african story i need to find out about something i didn't know about africa i also need to find out about an african designer an african businessman an african um place to visit that i didn't know so for me it's important because that way i'm not just telling you about what you know and also i mean look at how netflix some netflix has come in and local shows are making it big internationally because there's an authenticity in it. And I think the unique selling point for Africa, for black people, for South Africa, is that we're African, we're black, and we're in Africa. That's a unique selling point. But over the years, we've been we've been <sighs> deceived into believing that we don't have a unique selling point, and yet we do. So for me, what I'm actively doing is and with the team, and the team have been exceptional. in also working with 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 the vision is to say, listen, we have some pretty dope stuff in Africa. Yes, we'll do Versace. Yes, we'll do whatever because we're still, we, we are a luxury brand. we'll also do Matosa. We'll also we'll also do uh, Inga. We'll also do Abatu, We'll also do all these other brands. Uh, Mabatoma, not Mabatoma. So what's her name? Um, Palessa, who did the first. Uh, uh, Africa in collaboration with uh, H&M. Yes. Um, so so all that, to be able to do that, it's exciting. And also, right now, I feel like it's Africa's time. And if I can contribute even a one drop in this big ocean, then I'm absolutely happy.
0: I, I mean, it sounds to me that you um you understand the fabric of your audience, but also you know in the same breath you also understand the fabric of your brands and i've always mm-hmm. i've always tried to understand i mean you've painted the picture more clearer now i mean the brands like batu and my pasta all these brands but i've always tried to understand how would gq find that balance you know because yes you are you know you you're going in towards a pan-african thrift which is good um, in the mm-hmm. same breath, I would imagine that, you know, a company like Louis Vuitton, which I wouldn't say they would do that, but, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like, oh my God, are you muscling me out now? Um, you know, sometimes no. you guys have conversations around that? Or am I, is that a yes, person? absolutely. Yes.
1: No, 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 absolutely. Do you know what's exciting? The 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 more authentic we become, the more exciting it is for them. Here's why um they 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 now know where this audience that 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 consumes their 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 stuff whether it's content whether it's clothes are they now know where they are but how we also do it is we then say if we do um a a, a, a cover so for example we've got the super sticks cover that we just released if you look in there, he's wearing a Versace shirt, you will find he's probably wearing um, a local, local uh, pants. He's wearing Tebe Magugu as well inside in the magazine. So we're able to mix luxury uh, in a very tasteful way, understanding that there is enough space. I can wear a Louis Vuitton garment, but at the same time, I can wear it with, with uh, a local sneaker. At the same time, I can carry my 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 Inga uh, Atelier um, wallet, small little wallet that I can put in my pocket. At the same time, I can then wear my matosa hat. We can do that, but we're doing it in a very tasteful way. But also, I think there's a hunger for for, for African luxury. There's a big big hunger for a- African luxury. So the more we are authentic to ourselves, the more even the way that. When we wear Louis Vuitton, when we wear Dolce & Cabana, when we wear Armani, when we wear Boss, it's, it's worn in a very authentic African way and we're not trying to mimic anybody. We're just really being ourselves.
0: And also very important to drive those messages. I mean, I mean, each brand exactly. wants to drive their own message. I think that's very, very important. I had a I had a mm. conversation with a friend of mine, and we were talking about the evolution of the man, like your modern man, twenty twenty one and beyond. Mm. And I remember mm. watching in some interview, and you spoke quite quite profoundly about the evolution of men and about how we view the world, our outlook, our style, where mm. we navigate mm. the world that's that's for me that was very profound because not many not many platforms other than GQ actually still embrace that and I feel like you guys have tapped into that but also in the Mm. same breath with the local magazine you know your local stuff you know your local content how Mm. how difficult is that and is that is that actually is that a challenge to start with Um, and if it is how do you go around you know getting certain information making sure you don't put this certain, you know putting this information because whether you like it or not we live in a day and age we listen to social media where anything you put out can easily um you know quote unquote be cancelled or yeah or just be yeah.
1: criticized
0: you tell me about Meast
1: interpretation that? yeah
0: yes um
1: i think i think so, so, so one of the biggest things i've had to to learn is that our um, the, the there's an evolution of the man as we, we 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 grow right but at the same time not the african man is no longer one type of guy yes. and i've had to learn it first and understand it fully so that when we create content we understand that that's no longer one guy, but when you also understand that you understand that the world, the world is moving in a certain direction. There are certain things that have not caught up with Africa yet. There are certain things where Africa is still very rooted in certain things. And what we do as a magazine, as a brand, whether digitally, whether in print, is we almost push the boundary slightly, but we also understand fully where we're operating from. So, one of the biggest things is that understanding that the the, the 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 guy has evolved, but as much as he's evolved, he's evolved differently. So, if I'm in, say, Maboneng, the the, the the guy that I find in Maboneng, say, like in terms of fashion or what, can be a certain particular guy, but that's not the only guy I'll find in Maboneng. I'll also find guys who are quite conservative in Maboneng. So, the challenge is how do we appeal to Different type of guys, but also have them feel like we're we're we, we're talking one language and we're included. So that's really that's challenging. Mm. That's absolutely challenging. The idea of how we happens. manage the idea of being inclusive, but also the idea of making sure that we represent uh, uh, the diversity, but we also come up with our own creativity as a brand. Because obviously, as a brand, we are trendsetters. We're able to set trends. But what we've done, though, is, like I always say, if you take one shirt, we can put it on 10 men, but we can put it differently according to what their styles are, according to what their lifestyles are. And I feel that's what we've managed to do, to say, okay, here's a shirt. One guy might wear it and and wear it with chinos. Another guy might wear it with jeans and open it up a bit and put it mm-hmm. Another guy might wear it with a suit. Another guy might wear it as just a shirt and nothing else and maybe wear boots. Another guy might wear that shirt uh, as wrapping across his pants with a vest and chains. Mm-hmm. Another guy might, we- might wear it in a particular way because people are different and they wear things Different and they consume stuff differently. It's interesting. And it's quite hard though.
0: It's it's, it's, it's quite it hard. Sounds it's, it's very very challenging. And I I mean uh, it is.
1: It's <laughs> exciting as well.
0: And very exciting. I can just imagine, John, I, because I mean, look, we all um, just generally, I don't even think just as men, we just all consume um, fashion differently. We all try look in a certain way and however you feel comfortable in. Mm. And, and I, I think you're right because. GQ is at the forefront of men's fashion. It's been there for—I mean—for decades now. Um, mm,
1: mm-hmm, I think as mm-hmm.
0: time progresses, it just gets more challenging. It does. It does. It
1: does. GQ. I don't want to lie.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's been a <laughs> bit. Now, when you have mentioned that, I think—do you think as GQ, you guys still have a responsibility to, um, you know, as a brand, tap into more local? fashion markets if that makes sense so for instance you spoke about Maboni. um mm. and then a small town like kimberley for instance or uppington i mean maybe they would like have their own type of trend setting um do you feel that as time progresses you guys would have you know in more in, in one way or another tap into those markets and just see how um you know it could be you know be influential in some sense or mm. yeah
1: i think Absolutely. I mean, if you look at our GQ best dressed uh reader competitions that we're doing from twenty twenty eighteen until 2020, even this year we had a GQ Best Dressed. but then some of the people were entries from uh social media, some entries were people that we all voted with, with some adjudicators. If you look at that, what you realize is this, right? Especially Kimberley, Kimberley, Bloemfontein. Like there, there are a lot of guys who are stylish and have their own style. And and I remember in 2018, our winner for the GQ Best Dressed Reader, who also got voted for by people, was from Bloemfontein. So definitely, we will tap into the smaller markets yeah. um however because of the fact that sometimes smaller markets are more remote remote what we will rely on now is social media in terms of engagement mm, okay. because as you engage with social media as you use hashtags you go you find out ah this person dress is really dope they're based in wherever um, i mean ideally my dream my dream would be to where possible because obviously covid doesn't make certain things possible to be able to have these these, these small little dinners or or, or, or or like branches with different uh, men in different cities, if I could be able to do it in twenty twenty two, I would be very happy. Like to say, say we have a branch in Cape Town, from Cape Town you have a branch in East East London, another one you have in Kimberley, another one you have it. So. If we're able to do that, we're branches, people dress well, we just sit, we talk, we chill, we have some nice drinks, some nice food, and maybe entertainment, just to engage with the audience um, and also see where the audience is at. Because at the end of the day, as much as we are curators of, of fashion, creators of trends, the trends sometimes start on the streets. Yes. And what we need to do is to have our ear on the streets. By the time it is exposed to a larger audience, most of these trends start really on the streets.
0: That's beautiful. Again, I, I don't know. I think you're somewhat a big inspiration. Not to me, but a lot of people. Thank you. I don't know if you know it yet, but eventually I think you're doing something right. Um, again, I love the fact that you're always engaging. You're just always, you're, you're visible. And I think that's something we need Thanks. in 2021 because, I mean, for God's sake, it is 2021 and beyond. So, <laughs> nothing but love. Um, I have no doubt you're going to do very well. Um, again,
1: I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you. Thank you for, for your time. Yes. I know it took long to respond to you, but you <laughs> finally got to do it, which yes. I, I really do appreciate.